What's up? up? This is Draco. And this is Alicia. And you're now tuned in to OD Podcast. (laughs) Period. Welcome back. What's he? What's he? What's uh, actually let me let me let me change how I talk. What's what's tea? Oh my God. First of all, you know what's funny? Whenever America, I can't speak for other nations, but whenever Americans imitate British accents, it's always like the the Renaissance era. Not Renaissance. What am I trying to say? Like it's like the the royal family accent. Yeah. That's how I go. <laughs> to know where you're going, Mike. Anyways, welcome back from your Euro tour. I know I'm still tired, but I'm here though. What's did you have any? Were all your flights smooth? Um, we had a few delays, but for the most part, yeah, all of them were pretty smooth. Um, me personally, I didn't lose any bags, thank God, because when I tell you, Amsterdam Airport was losing everybody. Yeah, that airport is actually, yeah, I had a I had a tough experience in that airport. Yeah, going through customs. Mm-hmm. Going to imagine having to, imagine having to do it four times. You know what? Actually, I wasn't going. Was I going? I don't think I had to go through customs leaving Kenya. I don't know what I had to do. So Amsterdam. Okay, so depending on what country you were coming from, you had to go through customs. I probably did. I know how to go. I know I had to get my bag checked again, so I probably did have to go through customs. Okay, cool. So, anyways, were there any highlights about your uh, your work trip that you want to share with us? Um, yeah, so it was a work trip, uh, so I didn't really get to do much. Um, I will say that um, if I had to just summarize the whole trip, because it was 16 days long, I went to nine countries. I went to eight countries. I went to two of the countries twice, so I don't know if that counts, but I went mm-hmm. to eight different countries. Uh, I will say that <clears throat> America is dirty. Um we're very irresponsible as a nation, um, and that I've never experienced so much racial profiling in my life. Um, it was a very beautiful sight just just to see, um, like in Norway and Denmark, all these places like that. It was very clean. Like the scenery was just so fire, all the grass. Um, I saw like the energy windmills. I never seen that before, but I seen like the little windmills and stuff. Um, it didn't stink, like nothing stink for real. Like it was, it was insane. Like um, I don't want to drink sparkling water again ever in my life because every time I will pick up a bottle of water, I'm thinking about to drink water and it's freaking sparkling water. That's actually traumatizing. Yeah, every time, cause and then I'll be in the store trying to like shake it a little bit. Because they had, like, 7-Eleven in um, Copenhagen. And so I would, like, shake it a little bit to see if it would fizz up. And it wouldn't. So I'm like, okay, this still. Definitely. That's, because I hate, I hate, I hate that. So, it's so nasty. And I drink sparkling water, but I be wanting water. Like, that stuff not even good for your teeth. But they drink it out there. So um, the food was very clean. Um, and bland, but it was very clean. Um, but bland as in, would you say it didn't taste good or you just felt like it was missing something? It was missing a lot of things. I think that we just overdo things. And then like, um, you know, they don't really eat sugar mm-hmm. or it's not a thing to eat sugar. So all of their like juices was like very natural juices. Like it tastes like their apple juice tastes like it came straight from an apple. Every country I went to out there, I was like, damn, like. Is this how it should be? I was about to say, I'm like, is this how it should be? And then, like, um, um, even like the choices of like alcohol. I mean, everything was just healthier. Everything was healthier. Um, everybody was so trustworthy. Like, I think that it was just so mind boggling to see when we were in Copenhagen and Denmark. And um, where did we go first? Oslo. They traveled by bike a lot. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it was the fact that everybody had bikes and nobody locked them up. They just was leaving them, them outside. It's a shame. And that, you know what's so crazy, man? I People are always like, oh, when you travel to these different countries, be careful. No, they need to be careful when they come here. Yeah. <laughs> we are the problem. Because, like, they don't even have problems with guns out there. Yeah, they got knives. Which I thought was, I mean, in, in theory, it's kind of funny, but it's not, but. Um, what's crazy is this guy, um, this guy that I know, he just went to London like a week or two before I went and he got robbed and stabbed up. Yeah. I, I seen that. I wonder where he was at and what was going on for that to happen. I don't know. But I mean, it was a good trip. It was a really good trip. It was very busy. So it would be like, uh, long days of travel. Once we get to the city, we have to go straight to straight into glam um, sometimes I had to do makeup in the car. I had to do makeup a few times when, when she was asleep because, I mean, we were literally running off of zero sleep. The day that, the first day I did her makeup in her sleep, we didn't go to sleep. Like, we stayed up because we had to be, we had a lobby call of 3 a.m. We got back to the hotel at midnight. What was the point of going to sleep? I can't imagine being an artist, being that tired and having to go on stage and have all this energy knowing that you're ready to just lay down. Yeah. And it put a damper on your spirit, too, because it's like, I don't even have the energy to... I have to really perform for an hour. Yeah. I don't got that type of energy on me. And then afterwards, of course, like, we were in the UK. So they they rarely see these celebrities. So after every show, they want to take pictures with her. They want to have radio interviews. They want to have just interviews for the festival. Anything that is more press for being in you know being out there her manager wanted her to do everything and then like even the one off that we had she literally made her fly back to london just to do a radio press tour with no sleep oh wait i mean that's 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 the life though we we always even as regular folks we knew that yeah she was like about to cry so so what when they're on the stage like what are you doing or what are the rest of y'all doing y'all just watching or like do you have to like is there like a process that you have to be working on or something um, pretty much once, so the purpose of me being there is just so, like, if she has to take pictures after, like, sometimes they have her set up for a meet and greet, or she has to do an interview, and they require her to take photos, I have to make sure that once she gets off that stage, that she's not, um, that she still looks good. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, so it's kind of like, all right, you on stage now, let's prepare for what you got to do next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when she's okay. on stage, usually, like, when I worked for Escape, it was different, because they would literally come to a quick change booth halfway through the show, and I would touch them up. Um, she doesn't sweat as much, so and then I, I, I now that I'm more experienced, I use like some sprays that literally won't move. Like I rarely have to touch her up; I just have to put lip gloss on her, and that's it. But um, yeah, I just we just stand on the side, just make sure everything is good. Um, she be having us like record videos for her for, on her phone sometimes or whatever, you know, just so she have stuff to send her mama. Aww. Mm-hmm. Does her family come with y'all on this on this kind of stuff? Um, not when it's like not when it's like a tour like this, like the 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 what we just got off, no, but I know like if we do something in America, like a big festival like Rolling Loud or something like that, she usually brings her family. Aww. But like Rolling uh, Out is in is in Rolling Out Miami is on the twenty fourth of this month, and she's bringing uh, her family and friends from Mobile. Now you um did you have to go with her on the radio tour too, radio press? Uh, I was scheduled to. Did I? No, I couldn't <laughs> even walk. Like it was bad. But, she, but I thought, she had to do it, and you ain't. She had to do it. So I told the road manager. I said, listen. I said this wasn't even on our schedule. This was thrown in there. I said, you can call Ebony and see, you know, whatever, but I don't think I'm going with her because she had to go to five different radio stations. Yeah, that's a lot. That's probably at least an hour each. Yeah, it was all day. And so I told him, I'm like, I just, I can't. Like, I feel, I I barely could do her makeup. Dang. And then it was the fact that I had to to get, oh, but she had to fly and everything. So, oh, I went with her. We went with her to London because it was in London. So we flew with her to London, did it. But afterwards, we were supposed to ride with her to the shows. But no, I said, oh, okay. So she just had the same face from show to show. 
Yeah. I'm just okay. Wondering. I mean, that's better than nothing. That's okay. Normal. Cause I'm like, she not performing. She not doing nothing. She's doing radio shows. They not even gonna see her. Yeah. What well, they might put on YouTube. Yeah. So I was just like, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going. So I ended up getting me some rest that day, which didn't do nothing. Cause I mean, we were. I mean, we were tired. We did kind of explore um, Amsterdam a little bit. We went to the red light district, and then we went to like a few cafes where they served um, like tea and. Weed in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, that was my plan when I went, but you know, whatever. That, um, what other questions do I have? I mean, it seems fun, but I can't, you know, me, I always talk about how I have to have a full night's sleep. There are no exceptions. I do not, I do not sacrifice sleep for nothing. I don't give a darn if they say, Alicia, if you sleep two hours tonight, you get a million dollars. I'm not gonna make it. You better get that money to somebody else because I'm not gonna make it. I can't. I do not play it by myself. It was, it was very hard for me at first. I think that I'm glad that I had a, a experience. I experienced it before, like dealing with escape. I'm so glad that I, I had that experience because now it makes it easier for me. And I just think about just the end of it. Like afterwards, I'm gonna be satisfied. And then, like when I do stuff like that, I normally take like a week off of work. Like right now, yeah. I don't even think that I'm gonna go to work until the 22nd because. That's when we have to go to Seattle. She has a show in Seattle. Then we have to go to Rolling Loud immediately after. I don't want to sign myself out before that because I can remember last year at Rolling Loud when we went, we had to do the festival. We were there all night. Then she ended up having to go to the club. She had a club appearance and she's dropping an album. So she has an album release party. She has um, other appearances that she has to do. I think she has to shoot a freaking video while she's down there. It's just too much, and I don't want to tire myself out before I go trying to make some money. So I'm just gonna chill. No, I feel. I, I mean, I'm sure you ran up being on this tour. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm good. I'm just gonna have to relax. Understood. Well, let's get into this episode. Um, oh, first things well, first. Let's do the Black Business of the Week. Who you got? So, um, my Black Business of the Week is a London-based hairstylist. She goes by the name of Snob. Um, Snob is, she's originally from Nigeria. She's Nigerian. Okay. And I met her here. I met her in the U.S. She flew out here to work with Flo, um, a little bit. And she had like a 90 day visa. So she ended up just staying out here working with her and then she went back. So while we were out there, um, we use a lot of high power tools, and so, like, me, I don't have anything, I don't have tools that I use to plug up except a light. And I didn't bring my light because the hairstylist always brings hers. So I'm like, whatever, I'll just use your light. Um, but when we were out there, we realized that the hotels didn't, that the power surges were very weak compared to the ones in America. And not only that, we had to use different, oh, that was so fucking annoying. Every, every country we went to had different plug-ins. So we had to buy an adapter for every country. Yeah, I love mine in Iceland. We went to eight. So mm-hmm. we ended up in, in the middle of it. We found something that could convert to all of them. So we ended up getting one of those. But any anywho, I said that to say that she blew out her hot comb. She blew out her blow dryer. She blew out the ring light. Like, everything was just going down by day by day because the power, it was using too much power. And it was like, blow, it blew out a lot of stuff. So, the other stuff ended up coming back on, like the, the ring light and stuff. But the hot comb did not. And you need that. Um, you 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 know how the, how important the hot comb is with wigs? Right. There is no exception. There is no sub- substitute for a flat. Yeah, There's <laughs> absolutely no substitute for that. So when we got to London, Tasa, aka Snob, who is my friend, she brought a flat iron. I mean, not flat iron, a hot comb from her line, and it had it was the London um, outlet. So she was able to use that for the rest of the trip, which was fire. But um, she came in the clutch and the flat out was good. The wigs turned out good. So I wanted to shout her out because honestly, she was a lifesaver. I don't do hair, but I, I, I definitely was like, girl, whatever you have, can you just bring it here? 
because we need it. And she literally yeah. brought it to the festival. Oh, a life changer. Thanks, we, Mike. Yeah, you know, so she ended up bringing that. Um, and it was good. She was just explaining, like, the difference between the flat irons that we, I mean, the hot combs that we use here is that as soon as you plug it up, it starts to get hot. Since London used less um, electricity, it takes a minute. So we had to plug it up for like 15 minutes for it to be hot. Oh, more reasons. We just impatient here and entitled. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It was just a lot of eye-opening things. Like, I definitely, I, I know I need to eat healthier, but, ooh, child, being out there, oh. But anywho, not to get off subject, her Instagram um, for her hair is snob with two Bs, stylist. So it's S-N-O-B-B and then stylist. Was well, she working with anybody at the festival? Um, Yes. Yeah, so she's actually a celebrity hairstylist out there. She works with Naomi Campbell. She works with like um, Stefan Dine. She works with Brie Runway. She works with... Um, What's the um what's the model name? Um I think her name is Laomi. She's a um new supermodel, a newer supermodel. Um she works with Anok, which is a supermodel, uh Ducky, which I'm sure everybody knows Ducky is by now, but she's a popular gal out there. Okay, cool. Now that's what's up. Well, shout out to her, cause what y'all would have did if she didn't come. That's what I'm saying. Cause let me tell you something. We were just stuck because it's like, damn, we in this country where it's no black people. So they ain't gonna know what the hell a hot comb is. <laughs> White people, they might not use hot comb, but they got flat irons at least. They got flat irons, but they not using no hot comb. <laughs> so I, I mean, the only other thing that I was thinking of, I'm like, maybe we can like order it on Amazon and ship it to the hotel and overnight it or same day or something. But what if that don't work? Yeah, it's complicated. Oh my goodness. Well, that's what's up. Shout out to her and I'll put the information in the episode notes. Um, let's move on to Shop Talk. So I wanted to, you know, it's funny. So I, you know, I recorded an episode solo the first week, and then the second week I did record another episode, but I feel like I said some problematic stuff, so I just scrapped it. Okay. <laughs> I wish you would have did it. I wanna know. I wanna hear it. No, because I was already too tired to even edit it and try to fix it. I'm like, forget it. We just I'm just gonna have to be off because I've been so darn busy since I know that's the, I say that every week, but I really I've just been super busy. So I'm like, you know, forget it. I'm just gonna have to take this break. But there's a couple of things I wanted to get into. So actually, before we get into shop talk, let's get into tweets from the streets. And so, and the reason why this is a tweet from the street, because this is where I learned the news. So um Draco and I, okay, you know, Draco and I went to this school called Barter College, and it was a for-profit institution. It's literally one of them schools you see on TV, okay? And so I remember um, when I, so I had finished and got my associate's degree from there, but once I left that school, I was unable to transfer and um, continue to get my bachelor's degree, basically because the credits did not transfer. So a lot of my, a lot of my, a lot of the work I had done for two years was essentially didn't have any value because of the school I went to. So I ended up leaving. Once I left there, I went to um, Georgia Perimeter College, which is a community college, which is now Georgia State, to um, raise my GPA up and get enough credits to transfer to Clayton State University, where I ultimately finished and got my bachelor's degree. And I used to always be like, man, I wish I never went to Barter. I hate this, da 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 Because really, it really, I literally was better off not starting college until 2010 because I it didn't make a, make a difference. So I had um when I once I left Barter, I owed them a lot of money. I mean, it, it started off at as eighteen grand, and it quickly became like thirty, forty grand. Ooh. And um, I remember getting discouraged, almost going back to Barter for my bachelor's, so that I could just take two more years and finish. But I knew that's not the school I wanted to have my bachelor's in. I was really concerned about my bachelor's not being from a recognizable school. Okay. Anyways, I, I graduated from Clayton State. I shortly after graduated from there, Barter College closes down. And I'm like, dang, I wish, you know what I'm saying? They close, can I, can they take my money back? You know what I'm saying? I was just like, <laughs> and I remember when that happened, people were essentially saying that if the school closed down while you were attending, stopping you from being able to graduate, they will forgive their loans or they would dismiss their loans and things like that. And I'm like, that don't really apply to me, but you know, whatever. Last summer, 
Uh, uh, actually, I made this guy Black Business a Week a few weeks ago. His name was um, Duke Loves Taxes. Duke Loves Taxes made a um, TikTok about people that have been defrauded by institutions, being persuaded to take out these student loans, and just so many other um, malpractices by colleges. And he talked about this student debt forgiveness program. Now, I don't remember the name of it. I'm not going to lie to y'all. But um, because I feel it was a year ago that I submitted this application. But long story short, Barter definitely persuaded me to take out multiple loans. It was always, it was always the first. I could say my head hurt. They'd be like, take out another loan. Like that's just kind of how it was. Oh, Literally, yeah. I went on to school to get information. I went to the campus to get information, started school within the hour. It was just really shady. I tried to get student housing. I got charged for a semester. It just was a lot, y'all. And it just was not very clear. I didn't have proper guidance. And I used to always say, I don't have no problem paying my student loans off, especially to Clayton State, but I do not want to pay barter back because it was a literal waste of my time. All right. So fast forward to present day, or I guess you could say rewind to the Trump administration. So basically the Trump administration with Betsy DeVos, they mishandled people's application for that, that application that I mentioned. So basically people had applied for student loan forgiveness because they had been defrauded by their institution. And so his, um, the Trump administration either ignored or denied these people applications, even though they were within, well within their rights to have their um, application accepted. Anyway, so because of their misaction, the, those applicants filed a class action lawsuit against the government, basically saying like, y'all broke the law. Y'all said that I could apply for this because of this situation. I qualify. You rejected my application. Trump is no longer the president. Biden is now the president. They're on they're on trial for this situation and they are found to be correct. Yes, the Trump, Trump administration mishandled these applications. So what we're going to do is everybody that went to a school that falls under this category will have their student loans forgiven. Literally, if it weren't for Trump being a crooked mf and Betsy DeVos being a lazy mf this probably wouldn't have even happened. I don't know. Maybe it could have, maybe it couldn't have, but this definitely expedited the process. So basically anybody who had a pending application for the student loan forgiveness program will have their, um, up until I think it was um, June 22nd, before that date, your, your debt will be automatically forgiven. And that's like a list of 150 plus schools. But if you didn't have an application before that date, you can apply and you will have your debt forgiven within 36 months if your school is on that list. So all I'm saying is if y'all want to bar the college, we free. Thank you, because I definitely went. <laughs> yes, when I seen that, oh my God, I swear to God. And it's so crazy because when I filed my application, I had no idea about the lawsuit. I literally was going out on a limb. I'm like, let me just see what happened. And then this happened. So I'm glad I did it. But I um, I put the ep- the link on the episode notes so you can see if your school's on the list. If you went to like a school like Everest, ICDC, Lincoln College, Phoenix, Phoenix University, all those schools like that, those are definitely on the list. But um, as of right now, before, I have they haven't forgiven the loans yet. I think they're going to go before the judge on the 20th. 9th, but I owe $54,000 and once this debt is forgiven I only owe about $18,000 and I will gladly pay that off because literally student loan has had a negative impact on my ability to buy the house I really want and once that's cleared I am moving the F out okay literally anyways let's get into I, shop talk I haven't applied yet but I'm definitely please do it now, the application is very long it's gonna take about 30 45 minutes so do it when you really do have some time to sit and write you gotta write paragraphs about what happened like how you felt you were defrauded and it's okay you can do it but and the thing is because we went to barter I'm, I doubt you got to be extremely detailed because you automatically qualify but you do have to submit an application well Marcellus, where you at? How you doing? <laughs> Very well, as you can see. <laughs> All right. So let's get into shop talk. First things first, as of about an hour ago, Khloe Kardashian um, has a baby via a surrogate for Tristan Lowdown Thompson. Mm. Um, Honestly, it seems like the surrogate was pregnant while the Mary Lee girl was pregnant. So it's not like they planned this after the fact. It doesn't take away from the dumb decisions that Chloe's made with this man. But I, I'm assuming that, I mean, she, because she has said in the past before that she wanted another child. But I guess this is her attempt to make sure she doesn't have multiple baby daddies, even though her baby daddy got multiple baby mamas. Yeah. Um, and her daddy black. So... <laughs> That, that don't have nothing to do with it, but I just want to make that known that she's black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I really do. And, and you know, she's made it clear uh, plenty of times that 
she does want more kids, but she wants kids with the same father of a child. Um, I hate that people have this mentality sometimes because outside looking in, you are wealthy. If you are a single mama, and I understand that you maybe, and money ain't everything, but you can do a lot of things when you end up, when your family has the power that it has. So I don't think that it is that deep for you to deal with that type of disrespect and um, just a trifling ass person just because he you have a child by him and you want to continue having children by him. I honestly think that Trisha Thompson is a witch and he is he has put a spell on a lot of women. Because I do think that he's attractive, but when I think of people who just dip and do on people like that with no protection, I automatically assume they have herpes. Why would you want to go over there? I don't want to put that on him for real, but I'm just yeah, saying, my, that's how I think. That's how I think. Because, I mean, people always be talking about HIV and all that stuff. Herpes is like... And monkeypox. It's so many different things, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I don't oh. like that. My biggest fear, when I think about cheating, the first thing I think about is an STD. I don't even think about the fact that you had sex. It's like, do I need to go to the doctor? Yeah, it's too much. And it's like, people, and I don't know. I just, I read a lot of stuff about health shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like me thinking about uh, transferring like uh, uh, bacteria from women to women and uh, pH balances being off. I UTI. mean, in, in the words, you bringing children into a broken situation. You know what I'm saying? That's it's the just, problem right there. Yeah, and this is these are kids. These are human beings that have to grow up and understand the decisions made by their parents. The decisions that my parents made affect me to this day. And I ain't even rich. They definitely ain't rich. It's like, imagine being somebody whose parents is in the public eye and every little flaw they have had is made public. And and voluntarily at that, because the Kardashians benefit off of their business being put out there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at least it's a surrogate, I guess. But stand up. She can't. She got, she looked like she got the bush I was taking out, so maybe, but... Girl, please. She said, I ain't sacrificing this body again. Um, so there was an Olympian, um, Kim Glass. She got attacked by a homeless a homeless man, um, downtown LA. And I live downtown LA. So when I saw this, my fucking heart dropped to my stomach because she is injured to I mean, like so bad. Her injuries are insane. And yeah, it's so crazy. Pictures. I'm like, oh my God. It's so crazy because downtown LA is such a chaotic place that stuff like that or things where you just see some of the most crazy shit. Like, I promise you, I probably see a naked person um, maybe like three times a week. Like, bucking naked, no clothes at Literally, all. Literally, a man was riding his bike as I'm walking to Whole Foods and he was ass naked, not even a sock on. Not even a ponytail. Yeah, so it's you know it's stuff like that happens all the time, and the homeless, the homeless um, downtown. I mean, like it's insane. There's so many homeless people everywhere. And they're, they they're definitely not mentally capable of doing a lot of shit, and then they're on drugs. There's just so many different things. I, I see people doing drugs and stuff all the time, and I'm not gonna lie. When I first moved down here, I was like, this is not it. Like I couldn't. I I didn't know how I was gonna deal with it. Until I got into my apartment, and I'm like, okay, maybe I can do this. I'm all the way off the ground, so I don't have to like deal with it directly unless I'm outside. But I'm terrified. Like I have since I've been home, I've been in the house. I've been nervous because that shit happened like around the corner from me. It is weird. Like I don't know. I'm. I don't. I'm not gonna. And then I don't. That is scary. I remember. I'll never forget being on the train here, and this guy who seemed to be homeless was kept flipping a um a pocket knife at me. He was staring at me, and when I got off the train, I literally got off at the wrong station on purpose so that I could just get off that train. And I was so afraid that he was just gonna follow me and stab me. Like that's how he was acting. Yeah. Scary. And this can happen anywhere. So I don't want to be like. Just subjecting it to downtown LA, but I think that that just really scared me because there's so many different people. You never know how they're feeling. Um, I've had like homeless people come up to me, ask me 
for crazy things. Um, I don't know. People coming out of alleys and stuff. It's very scary. I always remind. I would say it reminds me of thrillers sometimes. Living out because it's that bad. One time I was in DC and me and my friend uh, had got some food and he was like, "I'm gonna give it to a homeless person" because it was like uneaten food. And he tried to give the food fo- the food to a man, and a man literally like again had a knife and was like coming at him. He was like, "Never mind," trying to be got darn nice. But you just you know you might have good intentions, but you don't know what these folks are dealing with. It's like just keep a distance. That's why I leave people alone. I just I, but even that because she she won't even bother him. Yeah. I seen a story today in Atlanta about, um, this is not exactly the same thing, but it just makes me think about why people just stay out the way and mind their business. Unfortunately, there was a domestic dispute going on at the gas station and this guy stepped in to help her. And then the boyfriend not only shot and killed the man who stepped in, but drove off with the girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, dang, I hate those situations that I see where people, where something is going on and people just standing around looking or just standing around re- recording. But honestly, you can't even blame people sometimes because it's like, yes, somebody jumping in could save their life, but it also could cause them to lose their own life. So it's like, what do you even do? I don't know. It's like, I don't even have no solution for it because, because. The gun laws in California are so strict that I don't even want to smell. I don't even want to get a water gun. <laughs> Period. No, for real. So, I had a pocket knife. I left it in a damn Uber. I didn't get another one, but I'm I'm trying to but do. You it had it out, or it fell out. So, um, I was in a we. I had to take a truck because. I was going to a festival, I think, or a performance out here, and they had metal detectors, so I had to take it out of my bag, and I left it in there. Oh, you left it on purpose, though. You didn't like it. Yeah, I left it, 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 and I forgot to get it when I got out. I'm sorry, Pooh. So, I don't know. Moving on, though. Yeah, moving on. You know, I ain't want to be all dark. Let's shake it up a little bit. So, um, y'all homie, my homie, too, um, Sonny Orion decided that he wanted to tap into um, OnlyFans land. And the content actually is hilarious to me, if you, if you ask me. Because he is doing jumper jacks while he's naked and exercising ass naked. And it's yeah. so funny. Ever since I saw him on the Good Moms, Bad Choices podcast, eating that got during watermelon, only to follow up and do the same thing at the versus battle a week later. I don't like stuff like that. I don't like when people are overly sexual like that. It's just cringe. And and you're grown. Like, you're a grown man. It reminds me of, like, old school men. Like, old men. That's some shit that, like, 50 year olds used to do back in the 90s like men they used to because you remember in the 90s it was very sexualized like men was wearing speedos men were wearing like that like it was okay tops, black, uh, platform shoes not even just that but they was just like uh, with the fruit stuff and they was bumping and grinding doing all these dances and stuff like that i feel like in my head when people do shit like eat that watermelon but make it sexual that reminds me of there's like, nothing sexual about well you're right uncle. it's nothing sexy but it yeah is it's like a uncle kind of yeah, so yeah I, don't know, I think disgusting. he's a beautiful man though and then i mean yeah you could be attractive attractive weirdo but um then he i remember on good mom's bad choices which is a podcast um he was telling him that he didn't want no napkin or nothing because he wanted it to look sloppy. I just think that's weird. I seen a tweet today that said that um, the really attractive men be weirdos. Yeah. Because um, look at Tay Diggs. I think he's so weird. Really? Yeah. He's a very odd person. <clears throat> what you think about him going on that show and saying pulling a ditty about April? Saying they wasn't together? He basically said they were cool and having fun. I mean, they probably were. I agree. This is probably my this were. is this is another reason why I don't like people. I don't feel like people should publicly share their relationships. Um, because you subject yourself. Somebody saying something like that, especially the man, because I think if she said that, it wouldn't be a problem. But with the man saying something like that, it almost makes her look. It don't to me. It don't make her look no kind of way. But I I would feel some slight of embarrassment off of that because it's like. Y'all not giving up. I mean, yes, y'all are having fun, but y'all not giving out just cool vibes. Like, Tay Diggs was never even a poster on social media like that. Mm. 
And then now he's on there every other day dancing, calling his girl babe. They're getting clothes from CVS. You know what I'm saying? And it looks cute. You know what I'm saying? So it's for him to go in there and be like, oh, they friends and they having fun. I'm just like, don't try to act shy now. After you don't put all this stuff on the internet. Yeah. But, you know, to each their own. You know, that's their relationship, their business. But I'm just saying, if you're going to be public, you got to be able to handle it publicly. That's how I feel. Either say names or keep it off the playground. Keep it on the playground. Whatever she said. Um... Keep it on the playground. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna move on from that. I'm trying to scroll. I'm scrolling before I go to my last one. Um, I hope your last one ain't um Orlando Brown, cause uh, no, it's not. So <clears throat> Joe Biden's son clearly ain't the only one out here still doing crack. If you ask me, Orlando Brown has found his way back to the pipe. Like, I remember a few months ago, he was in the church. Um, he was, you know, getting himself back into what seemed like a normal state, a regular life. He was, you know, ready to leave that past behind him. I don't know. Um, however, comma, one thing I always tell people, and I learned this at a very young age, that when people get addicted to things like cocaine and crack, it is almost 100%, almost 100% normal for them to go back, even after they did years of not doing Yeah, addiction is a disease. So I think that he, I don't know what it, what kind of hard drugs they have out here per se, but for some reason, it seems like whatever they're taking is literally putting them in a mental state. Like, they all just seem so off. Like, just the people in California in general. Um, the people that do drugs. Like, even if you do coke, I always feel like those people are just so, like, <clears throat> far removed from things or they just seem like they have some type of mental health issue. And I think that that's the same case with him. Because if I'm not mistaken... um. What's her name? Maya Campbell. Mm-hmm. She's from out here, right? She's from California. Oh, uh, is she? I just know she um, in the house was based in California. I know she was out here a lot, but I want to say she she's always had like bipolar. She was bipolar, but definitely I think the drugs played a big part. I don't know. Yeah, de- drugs definitely create a chemical imbalance. I mean, I we both know people honestly that have tried a drug once and it ruined them forever. Yeah. So my, but what in his in his brain would just say some shit like that? Like, yeah, talking about Bow Wow. Like, and it's too bad because I used to have the biggest crush on Orlando Brown. When we was little. You remember that? Yeah, I do. I used to really. I used to think that we was he was gonna see me one day and we was gonna get together. <laughs> Him and Arnez from One on One. Even though I didn't prefer Arnez, I thought he was cute. And in reality, it wasn't even I thought he was cute. It was just a few young black men that we saw on TV. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's really a shame, man. They always say stuff like that about about child stars. I think it's just so many things that play a part. You're working a lot, very young, getting a lot of attention, getting having things done your way. You try some of everything. So it's just like tough for them to live a normal life. But it is really sad though, because it seems like a lot of his peers didn't have to didn't really deal with that. But I mean, he's been famous just as long as Raven. Yeah, he's been famous a long time. And um it's just sad to see. But a part of me wants to know one, is it true? And two, if it's not true, did he have? He must have had like a dream about it or something. Like he must have. He said the same thing about Nick Cannon. He said that Nick Cannon served him up. Oh, he sure did. And he said the same thing about Ray. I mean, listen, we'll never know. We, you know, what? never know. People do things that we don't think they do. I oh, I know. (laughs) So. When I hear stuff I like this, I don't put it past nobody. Just because we're a fan. I know I'm not saying this to you. I'm just saying this in general. Just because we're a fan of people because they make money, because they look cool, does not mean that the way that you imagine their sexuality is the way that it really is. For sure. Yeah, so, you know. For sure. Cool. I agree. But it, it's just, I don't know. That's just crazy, like, to just come up with something like that. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Yeah. Did Bow Wow resp- now? Mind you, Bow Wow addressed everything. 
<laughs> somebody said there was somebody. He was somebody this bow wow. And there was a picture of little mama. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the um. Okay. So I got one more uh, shop talk, and I would like to create a topic around this one. Okay. So. As by by now, I feel like most people have seen this interview of Method Man where he talks about an encounter he had with Destiny's Child a while, like several years ago. Did you see this? Oh, I didn't see it because I was in another country. Did you hear about like the details of it? No. Okay. So long story short, I don't know if it was an award show or some kind of industry event, but basically Destiny's Child, when it, the three of them was at an event and Method Man went over to speak to them, but they didn't speak back. And at the time he felt like, the nerve of these whores, but in reality, they just didn't hear him, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, sh- shortly after, Rod Wilder, the producer, brings Destiny's Child over to Method Man to speak, and he they stuck their hand out to greet him, and he told them to F out of here with that Hollywood-ish. Because he was mad about them not speaking to him several moments back, right? And so, Method Man just basically went into detail about, at that time in his life, he was very miserable. He was very entitled. He wasn't happy with himself. And he had such an ego. And it's not verbatim, but this is what he was saying. He had such an ego that the nerve of y'all to not hear me speak to y'all, even though it's very clear that y'all just didn't hear me. But because of the way I feel about myself, I'm going to make this such a big deal because even if y'all didn't hear me, y'all should have heard me. And so basically in his interview, he talks about this situation and he basically like issues a public apology to Destiny's Child about that situation. Now, I, if this was like the three of them, this had to be at least 2000, the year, it couldn't have been no older than 1999, the year yeah. 2000. You know what I'm saying? We was in fifth grade. Like 2002, 2003, yeah. I think we were in fifth grade. So that had to be 2000. Well, um, at least that's when the Say My Name video came out. Okay. At least for my memory. It was four of them, though, for that. Oh, you're right. You're actually right. Because that's Sorry, when Writers on the Wall came yeah, you out. You know I'm the queen of Destiny's I was going to say, so you know, know, you know. Okay, yeah. so, you know, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, such a man. Oh, this is so admirable. And I have my thoughts about this. You know, um, people definitely, okay, no, my first point is people that are mean or rude or just create issues are always associated with insecurity and unhappiness. I mean, when me and you have conversations about folks, that'd be the first thing that come out my mouth. Because a lot of times people really do be miserable or unhappy about something, but they don't know what to do with that energy. They don't know where to direct it or to how to fix it. So instead, they they walk around with this chip on, this show, on their shoulder or this big sense of entitlement. Not even, they don't even know what the problem is, but they still have, it's just this weird mental block that they have with themselves and everybody around them. So people that are like mean girls or people that are just like, they just, you know, not to use Suge Knight as an example, but somebody like Suge Knight, and I don't know what his real story is, but I'm saying people that carry themselves like that typically have a lot of unaddressed trauma or some kind of issues that they don't even know is an issue, but they they express it in a way that is like mean so people don't cross them or people don't get close enough to them to cross them, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's pretty much what um, Method Man was dealing with. But I personally feel like I don't, I don't like his apology. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... As soon as he realized that, he should have reached out to them. Because, yes, it's cool to share this story about your growth and how how changed you are, but that was decades ago. So now, while you on your side healing and realizing what you're dealing with, they on the other side like, wow, I don't know why Method Man was like that. Or they could have been at the same place at the same time. They're like, oh, let's, you know what I'm saying? For and who knows what they probably don't even care, but I'm just saying they going, they seeing you on TV, you seeing them, blah blah blah, and all they know is 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 Method Man is not as cool as he look on that TV screen. He's actually really disrespectful. I just feel like sometimes people get to be rude, disrespectful, nasty, create trauma, and then want to apologize, but the damage has already been done. So now you get to feel better about yourself because you cleared the air. But I still have to deal with the impact of what you did to me. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't. I'm not mad at it, but I do feel like he probably should have said something earlier on. But I mean, I you know, it's for me, it's a beautiful thing sometimes to see people realize their contribution to being toxic or being yeah, being yeah. or making a toxic environment or making people feel some type of way just by them being an asshole. I think it's commendable for people to come back like that mm-hmm. um, and just you know, I don't know. I'm always for people redeeming themselves because I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I ain't going to say I had moments where I probably acted out towards people because of I was going through something. Uh, maybe, 
Maybe, maybe. It's I something. think I did when I was a, when I was younger. When I was, I definitely think I projected. Um, like I didn't know it at the time, but I definitely think I like created scenarios when I shouldn't have because of how. Yeah, like I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely probably been there too. So I'm like, whatever. I can't really fault him, but at the same time, I'm like, child. I mean, I think I just have you know, Destiny Child is like my childhood hero. So in my head, I'm like, not to the queens like that. Yeah, yeah, and I, like I said, it's great to apologize. It is admirable that he had that realization, but I guess for me, it would have been nicer to me, and it's not, obviously I played no part in this situation, if he would have been like, yeah, and I just had to reach out to them, you know, and, you know, just apologize for it, even if they don't remember. Because what they supposed to say to the TV, you're welcome, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. Miss Tina did go back on Instagram and say that she forgives him or whatever the case is, and that's nice of Miss Tina. But... I'm just saying, I always feel like people's apologies should be met exactly how they created the issue. So if you embarrass me in public, you need to apologize in public. If you embarrass me in private, ap- apologize in private. Because we, we didn't even know about this situation. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the how, only person that... How loud you were about that... Uh... About it the first time, and he, that's how loud your apology you need to be. Yeah, and I feel like the only person that benefited from him telling that story was him, not the yeah. people that he owed the apology to. Mm. So now he got the respect for being the mean guy and he got the respect for the redemption guy. Mm. But I just think about that in situations in general and relationships and even like if you know how I am with people like when I cut people off, I really don't even care for an apology because to me it doesn't do anything for anybody but make them feel better about themselves because whatever you did to me, I've already decided on how I want to handle you with it. So when I see stuff that happened in the media or somebody gets quote unquote canceled, they're like, at least apologize. I'm like, apologies really mean nothing. It mean nothing unless it's followed with some kind of deep explanation, alignment, shed a few tears, sell a few goats or something like that okay but you saying that you're sorry especially tweeting it don't mean squat dilly well i hate when celebrities make these ios press releases i wish that they would get on video and express themselves like a human being don't be shy now you said all lives matter they gonna get drugged I don't care. Say it, cause how would you type it? You know how many stories I don't wrote with a ink pen or typed up, and I don't. And by stories, I mean like literally writing essays and stuff like that. That's nothing. But for me to be able to express a true experience out of my mouth and show emotion, I just feel like that's how things should be handled. But it's very easy to cop out with that with the social media era, because they think that if I post it, then y'all seen it. <laughs> I think they do that too sometimes, cause they don't know how to talk, so they be having their publicists do it. Well. You sure didn't know how to talk. That's why you're in the situation you're in now. Oh, my God. So fix it. But you're right. I think a lot of these celebrities don't be smart. A lot of these influencers, they too. They don't. Really they don't. I, I, let me tell you, I, I realized that early on that a lot of them don't have any sense or they just don't know things. And I'm like, wow. Especially people who um, got picked up at a young age. They didn't get a chance to be an adult for real. Yeah, I remember when I was young, I, when they used to say they was homeschool. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, you got darn damn. I hear you though. <laughs> I always admire celebrity kids or celebrities in general that go to college, like um Yahara, Yahara Shahidi. Like, girl, you went to Harvard at that. Like, you know, you didn't have to go to school. Obviously, that's a great thing that she did it, and she probably may not need to use her degree, but I think that's admirable. Mm. Go. It's, it's admirable. Just like Method Man apologizing to Destiny's child decades okay. later. And okay. I ain't mad at it. I'm glad that he had that discovery. But I just wish I just hate that people have to even have those those errors of their life where they get to create yeah. damage in other people and then they get to grow from it. But that 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 residue from that impact is still on those people that they, you know, had that impression yeah. on. I feel Save your all, apologies. Your block. character development, if you ask me. Yeah, it is. It is. But you know, you made the world a better place with every um, every positive step you make. That's all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all I have. <laughs> that's all you have for that. So, is that going to lead us into our? No, that's really all. I, that's really all I wanted to talk about. I mean, I guess just in general, just people who who are you know gremlins and now they want to be angelic. I don't know if you um, uh-huh. I think that. I'm a when I think back, I think real lobster. <laughs> and I ain't stopping. One of my biggest like pieces of development that I think about is um in past relationships. I feel like I've been the most expressive only in relationships, mm. and I think that I have definitely made things difficult for people that I've been with because of like things that I didn't realize about myself. Like I didn't know that 
certain things had such an impact on me or that or I didn't know like I didn't know how to properly pick a healthy relationship or how to get out of a situation before and thank god all this happened before I was darn 22 but I just feel like I was in situations that became stressful because I didn't know that I didn't know what I should be dealing with if that makes sense. You know, people, you know, in every relationship you realize like, oh yeah, I'm never dealing with that again, or I'm never going with yeah. that. But I feel like I didn't I didn't have a good example of um, you know, when you date a man, you like you know how I am now. I feel like you should be friends for as long as humanly possible. You don't don't even worry about the titles, don't worry about sharing space, don't be up under each other all the time. Like genuinely, like I feel like a lot of people and I hear this a lot. If he, I feel like he could be my husband and you on date one. And I know it might be natural to have that thinking process. Like, oh, he got all these fine attributes about him. Uh, he could be my husband. But I think that that kind of mindset puts a lot of pressure on the situation and it doesn't allow you to really grow as individuals. I think that people should truly date, truly be friends. I mean, and not me, sexuality, do whatever you want to do in that aspect. But I'm just saying that putting the pressure of certain type of statuses or titles or marriage and all the other stuff, especially if you don't even know each other that well, is not fair to yourself. And it could ruin a relationship that had the potential to be good. Like, who cares? I like, agree. Yeah, I just I feel like... Had this, I gave my number to this boy the other day, and I literally had this same... Um, conversation with him because he asked me have I ever been in a relationship before I'm like yeah I've been in a lot and I you know I told him and I asked him and he was like I've only been in one and it was only a couple months and he just said that people that I try to align myself up with they don't want the same things I want and I'm like or you could just be putting a lot of pressure on the situation yeah in the beginning and moving and they're not meeting those expectations and then you're turned off but you did that to yourself yeah, you're right, because they get so excited, and I get it, but there's no way you're going to... I mean, now, some people might disagree, but I feel like there's no way you're going to know that you found your, your soulmate or your life partner because this man is fine, he got a good job, know how to dress, and don't have no kids. Like, you really got to be able to see each other in certain situations and stressful environments, see how they handle money, see how they treat their body. Like, all these are important, but if the first thing you're thinking about is falling in love, then it's going to be really tough to navigate that because you're kind of blinded by what you think you're supposed to have. But yeah, I don't know. And that's something I've had to learn too because I, I would meet a guy and I would get so excited. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't think about him. And that's good. It's normal. But I think that um there are guys that I've met in the past now, while they were giving they were saying this for different reasons. They were saying like they weren't ready for a relationship, all the other stuff. I don't feel like it was fair for me to try to force that because I was only gonna be unhappy anyway because he's doing something he don't want to do. But I think I was asking for a relationship or a title because I wanted some kind of security that they belonged to me, which wouldn't have done anything for anybody because they still was going to be doing what they wanted to be doing. So who are you really satisfying when you make somebody do stuff like that? Mm, your mammy. <laughs> and not even her. Mm. Anyways, all right, I'm off my soapbox. Yeah, step on down, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I was about to say, I was going to say something about relationships today. I wanted to talk about it because, um, and it's going to be very quick because I ain't really want to drag it out. I just want to know your thoughts on it to see if I was doing too much. Um, so one of my friends is in a relationship and he, this is fairly new for him. Like he's been in a relationship before, but not at this age. I feel like, you know, it's been a few years, he's matured, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So our friends around us just have issues with the fact that he's always with his boyfriend. And then when they hang out with each other, they he brings his boyfriend. Hmm. And so it's just like uncomfortable for the friend group because it's like we don't know him like that and we don't want to make it an issue. Like bring it up to my like, girl, you need to leave your boyfriend at home. But now it's starting to get under everybody's skin. And when he comes around, it's like very obvious that nobody wants him around. Yeah. But um, my question was, because in a sense, in a sense, I do feel like my problem in the past with relationships is that I probably put my friendships before uh, my relationship. But that's just because I probably wasn't ready for a relationship, even, even though I wasn't in a relationship I'm dating or talking to them, but they will be like, I just feel like you spend a lot of time with your friends and not with me. 
And so now when I look at stuff like that, I'm like, well, I mean, he is in a relationship with somebody. Uh, so I feel like he should pay attention to his relationship and be there for his man. Da, 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 da. But I do think the friend thing is a little bit overbearing. Like bringing him around your friends all the time. I don't want to hang out with your boyfriend. I care not to know that much about him. And I don't want him to know, be all up in my business. Yeah, I um, I'm really big on like those kind of boundaries. So I don't have a problem with knowing my friends' boyfriends, but I don't want to be friends with my friends' boyfriend. At least at this age I'm at now. When I was younger, it was a cool thing to do, but again, I was very immature. I mean, I, well, I won't say immature. I was a lot less mature than I am now, but I did not really grasp the concept of a healthy and mature relationship. So I feel like I would not, I don't think you should bring your man around every time, maybe here and there because of a, maybe a coincidence. But if everybody else not bringing a man, I would think that my man would feel left out, you know, even if they're there yeah. with me. On top of that, it's kind of like, what are you going to do if y'all break up? Which they probably don't think they'll ever break up because that'd be that mentality when you're so in love. What if they break up? Now, are you going to be mad if your boyfriend is still keeping in contact with your friends regardless of what they did to you? So I think that people should just say, like, for me, I don't have no problem seeing you once a week. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like, and that, and that, and some people might think that's weird, but I think that I just, I never, ever, ever want to lose my individuality. Like, obviously I won't be 100% independent my entire life, but I just want to continue to explore life the way I plan to, because I think that when you wrap yourself up in somebody else, you don't ever have time for that. Every time people, I actually have two friends right now who just recently got out of relationships. And the first thing they said, so now I can really focus on my goals and my my health and my career. And I'm like, you weren't doing that before? So so basically you was in prison for dick. Yes. And it's because they're picking their relationship over that because they want to be in love so bad. And love is a beautiful thing, but you are still a human being. And that's what happened. And I think it's so it's easy to forget those things at this age. Like when you're like been together one year, two years, but imagine being with them 60 years and you never really got a chance to address things that you cared about because you were so busy wanting to be up under this person. And now you a senior citizen and resentful because your knees and your back bad and you can't hop on a flight like you could have if you would have just paid attention to yourself and your 20s and 30s your knees and your back you just take stuff too far <laughs> i just feel like people need to get to know themselves and do things for themselves and you need to be with somebody that understands that like i feel like when it comes to personal development and growth you got to be with somebody that that knows what they want and how they want it and you need to be in that same position bring them around your friends and stuff you just got it's a time and place it's different if y'all want to go to six flags or something or if it's like an outing but I wouldn't think to do that if my friend's not bringing a man too, like, or at least some extra friend for them to have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I agree. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't be want to be around. Like, yeah, that's actually really annoying. It's just like stand up. I don't have to deal with it because I don't live in Atlanta no more. But my friends call me every day, like, oh my god, like people's whole identity be their relationship. It's like leave him at home. I'm like, I tell him, like, why don't y'all say nothing about it? And so my now it's starting to be my man. And when he leave you for dead, now, now you're back over here. It was just like that that uh that meme of um on little women when they walk back in the room. Hey y'all. Hey. And I also feel like <laughs> at our age, we have at least been in enough relationships or situationships to know how to handle the next one that comes our way. But it's some people that have the that do the, make the same mistakes in every single relationship when it comes to stuff like that. Wrapping themselves up in this person, now you're extremely heartbroken and regretful for you. You allegedly wasting time because you didn't spend it wisely. Uh, my name Benny, and I try to okay. stay out of it. Welcome, um, You know, anyways, it's not my problem. But I do. I be getting irritated because my friends call me every day now because I'm asking them, "Oh, what y'all do? Oh, we didn't go because he was there." I didn't want to be around him. It's like, you don't feel bad making your friends uncomfortable? Like, what the world? And he just, I mean, he don't. I ain't going to say that, but he definitely was giving like, oh, um, nobody hit me up to hang out this weekend. My friends must not like me no more. And I'm like, no, they do like you. They just felt like you was with your boyfriend. And if you wanted to spend time with him, you spend time with him and not him and your friends and to even reach that point where you have the acknowledgement to think that your friends don't like you no more 
do you not think of all the situations that might have led up to that particular day to make you wonder why they don't want to be around you? Mm. That's sad. It's a cold world I am in. Free wide. It is cold. Better bundle up with your man because that's all you got. Mm. And when he leave you for dead, don't take me for idiot. Let's talk about how they can't do shit for a bitch. Hello? Okay. Anyways, all right, let's wrap this thing up. We had an hour. Free YSL. <laughs> Free YB, just kidding. I don't think he in jail, but I think his trial starting. They trying to get his jury or something like that. Ooh, mm. you was getting scared. Your boy? Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Holla at your girl. In your twirl world, boo. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> My name is Jet Lag, and I carry wagons. <laughs> you stupid. Yeah. All right, I'm hanging up. I'm I'm in it.